0: Welcome to Fitzroy Online on the first day of Lent 2021 and we'll be considering that as we go and we have this week and particularly today launched uh, Lent Studies in Fitzroy under an umbrella of Fitzroy together. So for the next six weeks of Lent we hope to bring the Fitzroy community together uh, in a myriad of stuff and you can get all of that on the website tonight at seven o'clock We will be uh, starting our narratives in Lent. um, The travel narratives in Lent from where Jesus puts his attention and fixes his eyes on the cross. The journey through that and all that Jesus teaches is on that journey before his cross. We begin that six week series tonight. On Tuesday night at the prayer time I'm hoping to come out of that with an introduction to the prayers. We will not lose Um, uh, too much prayer time but we want to just give Lenten reflection and prayer and I will come out of what we do on Sunday night with a short reflection uh, before our prayers on Tuesday night uh, at 7.30 and uh, there's a link for that on the website as well and then on Thursday we're encouraging you all to do what I've been encouraging you to do all year just do something for somebody else. I remember back uh, around October I said we have six months to Easter uh, six things to look at in our own souls. Six people to care for. Six acts of salt and light to do in the world. Well, the Thursdays particularly shouldn't limit it to a Thursday. But Thursday morning, I want you to get up and think, Oh, it's Do Good Thursday. And we will do something for somebody else or other people. Maybe those six that you target in October. Send them a text. Send them a letter. Just do something for them. Uh, that's happening this week. woman's. um Chat on Friday night at 7 on the website. Stick with it for Fitzroy together and our journey through Lent. Thank you for so much for so many who have donated to Fitzroy over this time. There's obviously not an offering plate on a Sunday morning and that has an impact on congregations. And you can find information there if you want to give once or if you want to become a direct debiter or whatever else you want to do in order Uh, to give to the work of Fitzroy thank you so much for so many people who have done that as we begin our Lent studies as we begin to look at who Jesus is and how we might follow Jesus as we ask him to search our hearts that we might not only critique what we've done but far more excitedly that we might be pointed in the right direction and following him ahead let's be still for a moment Lord this is a season of searching search our hearts for anxiousness for offensive ways and then don't only clear that out but refresh us renew us rebirth us that we might move forward out of Lent through the cross and resurrection of Easter and to new ways to live. May this morning's service be helpful for that. In Jesus' name, Amen.
1: today, we want to focus on the Fitzroy Together initiative, remember various charities, and pray for those who are going through difficult times. Let us pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, as we come to you in prayer, we do so with a sense of gratitude for your faithfulness to us over the past months. We thank you for your presence that has sustained us through both good and difficult times. Gracious Father, as we look forward towards Easter, we pray in particular for the Fitzroy Together initiative. We thank you for those who have put together this program of events. And we pray that you will guide all who participate in the weeks to come. We pray as we contemplate together Christ's journey to the cross that we will be both challenged and encouraged to follow him more closely as our Lord and Saviour. Heavenly Father we thank you for the many charities that seek to offer support to those in need. We pray for the ongoing activities of Christian Aid Tear Fund Fields of Life Safara, Mornington the South Belfast Food Bank Women's Aid and Home Plus as they all seek to offer support to those in need of help Gracious God may you sustain their full-time staff and volunteers as each organisation looks to make an impact for good Loving Father, we remember before you those of our Fitzroy family and others who are in a difficult place at this time. We pray for those who are suffering because of illness. We remember those who are grieving because a loved one is no longer present. We pray for our young people as they miss opportunities to interact with others at school College or university. We pray for those whose working life has been severely disrupted. We remember many who feel isolated and miss the companionship of others. In the silence, we name those known to us. Lord, we pray that those we have named may know your grace, peace, and love in their lives. Heavenly Father, as we look forward in hope to brighter days, strengthen our faith that we may walk in step with you, led by your Holy Spirit, in obedience to your Son, and guided by your scriptures. May we be strong in our commitment to the work of the kingdom and may we be bold in our testimony to Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world. In his name we pray. Amen.
2: Oh, kneel me down again Here at your feet Show me how much you love Humility Oh, Spirit, be the star That leads me to The humble heart of love I see in you You are the God of the broken The friend of the weak You wash the feet of the weary Embrace the ones in want to be like you Jesus to have this heart in me you are the god of the humble you are the humble king oh kneel me down again here at your feet Show me how much you love humility. Oh, Spirit, be the star that leads me to the humble heart of love I see in. You are the God of the broken The friend of the weak You wash the feet of the weary Embrace the ones in need I want to be like you, Jesus To have this heart in me are the God of the humble, you are the humble King.
3: The reading is taken from Matthew Chapter Six, verses one to six, followed by verses sixteen to twenty one. Go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you
1: when you fast do not look sombre as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting truly i tell you they have received their reward in full but when you fast Put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be
4: also.
0: Lent Today's reading is not the lectionary reading for the first Sunday in Lent that's back to the baptism of Jesus and because we'd looked at that a few weeks ago I traced back to Ash Wednesday's lectionary reading and I discovered those readings that Alistair and Rachel read for us a little earlier they're from Matthew 6 and they seem to be as we will see hopefully a good way to begin our Lenten Sundays. Lent's not something that I was discipled in. It's not something in Ballymena Presbyterianism that I grew up with. And actually over the last few days as I've thought about it I can't really remember when Lent took hold of me or gripped me or made me interested in it. And I have to be honest with you I'm still not sure whether I've got my head round it or not. I do know that Last year when we got our marks of the cross on our head with Ash at the Lenten service that was done across the denominations, uh, that that made a real impact on Janice and I. Now that's interesting in the light of the fact that today's readings from matthew start with be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them you might say to yourself getting a cross of ash across your head on a wednesday might just be being seen but of course we need to look at contexts and contexts are different and jesus was speaking into a very clear context where the pharisees and the hypocrites were trying to be seen in their spiritual righteousness and oppressing those who weren't being seen in that way. Hypocrites, he called them. And in fact, John Stott says that the words in the second part of our reading today, do not be like them, is the centre of the entire sermon on the mount. Whatever we might think about ashes on our heads in the light of that opening verse of uh, not doing your righteousness in front of others. Janice and I found it quite a profound thing to have the mark of the cross on our head. It changed our dynamic into Lent but again being good Presbyterians we weren't sure what Lent really was about. I don't think it's a diet I don't think that when people say to you what are you giving up for Lent and we all say well chocolate and chips and cheese that necessarily that has got much to do with what Lent should be about. Oh yes I am giving things up for Lent and I do hope that I will be lighter and healthier on Easter Sunday in order to gorge myself on Easter eggs on that resurrection day but I think that Lent must be something more than giving up or dieting. The reading from Wednesday, the Ash Wednesday reading, does give us some of those Lenten practices. Prayer, fasting, giving. Very important, Jesus telling us to find a place where we can go, a closet in our house, if you want to think about it, where we can go and have space. And have peace and quiet to pray. He doesn't say if you pray. For the disciples he says when you pray. And when you fast. How's that with our Presbyterianism? How much do we consider doing that? How do we go about doing that? What's the point of it? Because it's not just so that we can say we fasted. And giving. All these things that are to me... The technological things for Lent, not the heart of Lent. It's not about doing prayer or doing fasting or doing giving better. It's about doing those things for sure but that as we do those things the holiness of God is done to us is the whole point of the matter. It's a searching of the heart. Leonard Cohen uh, wrote a song about this, quoting uh, another Canadian poet called G.R. Scott. From bittersweet searching of the heart, quickened passion with the pain, we rise to play a greater part. We search ourselves. There's a bitterness to the searching because we find things deep in our souls that we need rid of. We need to do it with passion and pain. But then we rise to play a greater part. There's something about the getting rid of that we can then move forward to better things. It's the psalmist, isn't it? Leonard Cohen, Jewish spiritual man, would have been thinking of the psalms. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious ways what are the things that get us anxious what are the things that make us fearful because those are the things that have pushed us out of trust with God perhaps so search me God know my heart test me and know my anxious ways means tell me the things that push you out from my depending on you and then see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting so we find our anxious ways we find our offensive ways we get those taken out In order that we might rise to something better. Led into the ways everlasting. This seems to be lent to me. The Sermon on the Mount deals with all of this. In that last part of the reading, do not store up for yourselves treasure in earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It seems to me that whatever Lent looks like, and whatever we do during Lent, that the aim of the game is to test the treasures of our heart. To test the trust of our heart. To test the dependence of our heart. To test the desires and yearnings of our heart. It's about desire and love. Because we are not what we believe. We are about what we love. The what we love drives us much more than the what we believe. In fact we can believe things much contrary to the things that we love. And make excuses for them. Way back at the start of COVID, I did a series in my blog. I interviewed musicians and artists about what they were doing during lockdown. It was a way at the time to give them a voice and a way at the time to tell people how they could maybe support them. And Ricky Ross from Deacon Blue, who have a brand new album out this last week, as a matter of fact, he said something in the interview that was stunning. Oh, he told me what had happened in his work and he wasn't able to finish a project and all of that stuff. And then he said... But what we are experiencing changes everything. It changes what we thought was desirable. What we deemed was necessary. It changes our expectations of life and the degrees to which we find satisfaction. I thought that was very profound. That this COVID time, it tests what is desirable. What we love. What we yearn for where our treasure is. It asks us if those things are necessary. It changes the expectations of our lives, the things we find satisfaction in. Because some of the things we find satisfaction in were ripped from us and we had to find other things or we had to trust other things or we had to be more dependent on God and maybe think more of the values that he wants us to find our treasure in. And Ricky's phrase at the start of COVID way back last year, made me think this year that perhaps Covid-19, perhaps these strange days that we long to be out of, maybe they are a wonderful place, a potent place for us to go through Lent. Maybe this is a time, this Lenten time, these six weeks, where we could get rid of the old normal. You hear it all the time, will we ever get back to the old normal? What was the old normal? Do we want back to the old normal? i don 't think we do want back to the old normal, but lend us a time when the searching of the heart where prayer and fasting and giving might give us the technical spiritual disciplines to be able to search deep down and say that old normal needs ripped out, and we need a new different coming out. We don 't need a new normal. we need a new different. One of the commentators that I was reading on uh, the lectionary reading for Wednesday took us off on the song that uh, David and Francis and Richard played for us just before the sermon. When I surveyed the wondrous cross and the commentator was saying that actually the mark of the cross on his head at Ash Wednesday um, was two things. It was the horror and hope of the cross. The horror of the cross, the taking up of the cross daily and following, the realising that we had to deny ourselves and take up the sufferings of Christ as it says in Philippians chapter 2. But then also the hope of the cross, that the cross changes things, that the old normal is taken out and the new different has now been bought or won. It's the mark of guilt and grace this person said. And when they get the mark of ash on their head, they like to come home and look in the mirror and ponder that ash. And they often say that when they're pondering the ash, they're drawn back to that wonderful hymn, when I survey the wondrous cross. He he actually writes that, that the soldiers around the cross were glancing at the cross because there were crosses everywhere. There was three right there at that point. So the cross wasn't very important for them. But we, we in this Lenten time, we in this preparation, preparation for the passion for Jesus' Easter, we're surveying this cross. We're looking at it specifically like the surveyor looks at a piece of land. We are looking at it like CSI. And he says, as he looks in the mirror and sees that cross looking back at him on his forehead, that he sees that horror and hope of the cross, that he sees that guilt and grace of the cross. Sorrow and love flow mingled down. It's an interesting phrase. Sorrow, the sorrow of the cross, the love of the cross mingled down. Did e'er such love or sorrow meet? Thorns compose so rich a crown. The richness of the crown, he goes on to talk about the crown that Elizabeth II put on with 22 carat gold and 444 gems in it and she had just taken the body and blood of Christ before that crown was put on her head and he asked, did she wonder as she put a crown on her head the crown of thorns that Jesus had put on his head? Linton study and thought. My richest gain I count but loss. Now there's a line for the searching of the heart. My richest gain I count but loss. I remember days when I was taking students to Cape Town in what we would call the noughties, the zeros. We used to go every other year. We used to spend a couple of months in Cape Town and bring teams in and out. And I can remember one summer, I think it might have been the summer of maybe 04, maybe 06, that uh, Gordon Ashbridge and I were uh, spending some time in the townships and we met Barrington one Friday afternoon... The wind was howling. Uh, there was a, a mist across Table Mountain. We were on a township uh, out in the middle of, um, I think we were probably in Yanga um, or Langa. Um, and uh, KTC, they called the township, and we were in their, uh, don't don't ask why, it was, mar- it was um, for Gordon's photographic um, interests. We were on a graveyard, and Barrington was lining out all the graves for the weekend dig and there was rows and rows and rows of them there was a black crow come down on to a little makeshift grave nearby and then the children's graves were pointed out to us and the wind was howling and the rain was coming at us and the mountain was bleak and this was to me the poverty that the prophets raged against little sticks lollypop sticks put together as crosses for people's grave posts or tombstones this was poverty of an angry raging god was not happy with such poverty and the prophets raged against it but i was putting that together with blessed are the poor that i was finding in the neighbourhood support and in the community relationships on the township and i was thinking what are the differences between the poverty that the prophets raged against And the poverty that Jesus called blessed. And I spent many weeks, many months, and I wrote it down and wrote poems about it. And this week I thought there's a different kind of pondering that needs to be done. A similar one though. Because I'm asking myself, during this whole Covid time, when I've been asking myself, I've been very keen to support businesses. But I've been very reluctant to see... The bottom line of profit as the thing that we judge whether we, we look after a community, wealth versus health, and that's a very simplistic way, and I don't believe in that. And that's what, that's what, that's what really began to make me think in the, in the blessed are the poor and the poverty the prophets rage against. Because the two things that I'm wrestling with now, and maybe wrestling with through this Lenten time, are the prosperity that Jeremiah talks about when he asks us to pray for the peace and prosperity of the city in Jeremiah 29.7. He asks us to pray for the prosperity of the city. For wealth across the city, surely that means. But I think it was the city. It wasn't the the prosperousness of the prosperity of a few people living in one end, end of the city. It was the prosperity of the city. But I'm asking myself... Jeremiah's praying for the prosperity of the city. How does that link with 1 Timothy 6, verse 6? But godliness when contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now war is you see the challenge I'm having? I believe in our businesses in Fitzroy and beyond. I believe in them flourishing so that we can have prosperity across the city so that and across the world so that nobody's in want. And yet here is this call again to be careful, to be careful where our treasure is, to be careful where our financial love is. My wrestling with Covid is to try and work this balance out, the fulcrum and the scales between the good and the evil of prosperity. And this is, I believe, a Fitzroy issue. I believe actually it's a Presbyterian issue. I believe that if we took seriously these words of Jesus about our treasure and where our treasure is, if we took seriously these words of Paul to Timothy, that that, that, that money can be the source of all evil, that actually we need the doctrinal committee of PCI to go away and ask ourselves: Have we got uh, a faith that should be allowed to come um, uh, to to communion? Our faith. That they judge with sexuality is not being judged with our finances and our wealth and how we deal with those. What are we dependent on? Where is our treasure? What have been the things of the old normal? And how can the new normal be different? How can we deal with wealth better in the new normal? Oh, not get rid of it, because we're praying for a prosperous, a prosperous city. But making sure that we don't fall into treasure on earth being more important than treasure in heaven when we save for rainy days and when we worry about the next when we're always trying to do better, where is our treasure and in the meantime Lent searching the desires searching the yearnings searching the dependencies searching on what we lean on searching on the things Where our treasure is. Where our treasure is. Let us pray during Lent. Let us fast during Lent. Let us give during Lent. But let those things search our treasure vault. For a weighted direction of our desires and our love. We're going to just listen out to a song now. Because I think there's big challenges in how we have this balance and where our treasure is and where our desires are. And so we're going to finish by, with a song from a friend of mine called David Lyon. His wife Yvonne's going to sing it. You might know her work. Uh, she's a songwriter in her own right. David writes worship songs. And he sent me this this week and I thought rather than a closing hymn it would be good this as Lent starts as we begin to consider what the treasures of our heart is. As we begin to consider... Were the direction of our desires are that we would maybe lean back on the love of God and know that it's the love of God and for our good that his love and his mercy wants to see this searching of our anxious thoughts the searching of our offensive ways so as we can live and we can move forward in a way that is not old normal but new different. Listen to the song as we play out. thank you to david and yvonne for allowing us to use their original song david's original song in our worship this morning i hope you find that wonderfully meditative and as we go out to journey through lent and search our hearts and begin to get rid of the old normal and put on the new different let us pray the prayer of benediction as a blessing over each other may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen.